0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 18th, 2018. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about identity. I know that's a little bit of a bugaboo with me. Uh, something that I talk about a lot. Um, It's something that the Magic are certainly looking for. And so I'll talk generally about Summer League and and some of my takeaways um, uh, on what it feels like the direction the Magic are going. And then, of course, I think the big glowing blinking red light that I think a lot of Magic fans are feeling right now. uh, I do want to address that uh, that little bit in the room. But before we get into that, I want to give a full-throated congratulations to the Portland Trailblazers for winning NBA Summer League. I think it matters, but congrats. Uh, championships are good, I guess. Um, and I know a lot of Magic fans were a little disappointed The Magic did not try and go for the Summer League title. But uh, congratulations to the Portland Trailblazers for their Summer League title. They got some great efforts from Wade Baldwin, Anthony Simons, uh, Caleb Swanigan, and several other of their key players uh, f- from their Summer League team. It was a very veteran group, uh, definitely an experienced group with a lot of young guys that have played in the NBA for a few years. As well as a couple of guys that have bounced around the league a little bit. So definitely a, a team that was built to win this championship. I don't think Orlando would have stood would have stood up. Uh, great against them at least in a series but in one game you never know but but that was a good Portland team and they deserve the win over the Los Angeles Lakers um, if you want more on that you can of course check out Locked On Blazers um, there's a Locked On podcast for every NBA team so if you want the loser's perspective you can check out Locked On Lakers I'm sure they're despondent and looking to change their roster I mean maybe they'll add someone big in free agency who knows Um But uh, definitely check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes. We've got every NBA team, every NFL team, and a growing number of MLB teams as well. If you're looking to get a recap of the All-Star Game, I would definitely suggest going to the Locked On Podcast of whoever was in the MLB All-Star Game. I I didn't really follow it. I'm sorry. But like I said, today I want to talk a little bit more about identity and, and the direction that this team is headed. Um, Jeff Weltman is, you know, in, in his public comments, is not a guy that that's going to buy into this idea of culture and setting a culture and 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 building an identity. He he doesn't like those buzzwords, but these are buzzwords, and and, and I'm going to use them because they they describe an idea that that I do think that Jeff Weltman and the Magic ultimately subscribe to. Um, you can't build a team just kind of haphazardly. It has to have a purpose. It has to have something that defines it, something that it can hang its hat on. And for six years, Orlando's really been looking for that thing. Um, Rob Hennigan was trying to build something, and, and and the way he drafted certainly suggested he had a type, just like the way Jeff Wellman is drafted so far kind of proves that he also has a type. But at a certain point, a team has to start delivering and has to start playing up to a standard and, and, and have something that it can just rely on. Um... If you look at this Magic roster, I think you could still say that it's a little bit mismatched. It's a little bit of a team that's that's between identities or doesn't have players that fit the identity that it's probably best at um, in, in many ways or the identity that, that, that is most successful for it. Uh, and so that misfit has been a big problem for Orlando for the last six years. I, I don't think there's any getting around it. You just have to watch the Magic for a few games to, to see that how is this team playing? If you asked me last year, or the year before. How do the magic play? What is their play style? I don't think I could tell you. I could tell you the Memphis Grizzlies are a hard-nosed defensive team. I could tell you the Golden State Warriors are a motion passing team. I could tell you the Rockets are a pick and roll team. I could tell you uh, you know, about you know, about a lot of teams. The Cavaliers are LeBron James. I mean, the Celtics are hard-nosed defensive, share the ball. Milwaukee is length and athleticism and and switch it, and a lot of switching and trapping. Uh, at least under Jason Kidd, they were. Um, every team, or all the good teams, at least, you can point to a way that that you know they're going to play, and, and and when you prepare for them, you know what's coming, and it still doesn't matter. Like even Charlotte, uh, Steve Clifford's teams so with Charlotte, they did not beat themselves. They were disciplined uh, and 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 precise. And again, hard nosed defensively as well. Um, they 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 stuck to their assignments. They didn't. They were kind of a no frills team uh, that just delivered that that made you have to beat them. Uh, that's I think a big reason why the Magic wanted to hire Steve Clifford in the first place. And so, you know, that's again I think kind of what we're expecting Clifford to build here in Orlando is is that similar type of mentality that he had that his teams had in Charlotte, where offensively they're not going to make a lot of mistakes. They're going to execute. Uh, and play at a high level offensively. You know they may not score as much, they may not produce as much, but they're not going to turn the ball over. They're not going to take bad shots. They're they're gonna go. They're gonna execute and go through their stuffs. And if and they're gonna lose game, win or lose games based on whether they're making shots, which is okay. You can live with that. But more importantly, they're gonna live. They're gonna make their money on the defensive end, where they're gonna be again disciplined and hard nosed. And I think that's you know honestly the magic at their most successful in the last six years was with Scott Skiles, who was a disciplined, hard-nosed coach, no-nonsense coach. He was going to bench you if you didn't do things the right way. If you didn't commit to the right, the right path and the right mode, he, you were going to the bench. You were not going to, uh, not going to stay, uh, stay on the floor. Uh, and again, I feel like that's the direction the Magic are heading. And so I think the question coming out of Summer League is whether the Magic had established that identity. Or, or not established an identity, but played the seedlings for that, for that group. As I said, I think over the last two days, it felt like this Magic Summer League roster was not built to win games. They didn't have a lot of shooting. They didn't have a creator. It, it, I mean, Briscoe was kind of a creator, but not a natural passer. It, it was a really flawed roster. The guys that Magic wanted to see play... Jonathan Isaac, Muhammad Bamba, Melvin Frazier, Isaiah Briscoe, uh, Wesawundu, except for Briscoe, none of them are natural offensive players. I'll give Copain in there. So, aside from Briscoe and Copain, none of them are natural offensive players. They're, they're all better on the defensive end. And, like I've said, you know, yeah, the offense is concerning, but You know, a lot of those guys aren't going to play heavy minutes. You know, you still got Evan Fournier, you got Aaron Gordon still waiting in the wings. You got you know, you got guys that can that can at least score a little bit. And offense will be a concern for this team. But I'm not. I was not concerned with how poor the offense played at times for the Magic in Summer League because a it's Summer League, so who cares? You're you're looking for specific things, and the specific thing that I was looking for, the specific thing that I saw, was. The defensive mentality. The Magic were fantastic on defense throughout really all five games, except for that Oklahoma City game, that last game where Frazier, Uwundu, Isaac, and Bamba all didn't play. So take that game, crumple it up on the ball, throw it out. That's the best offensive game, too, by the way, but throw that game out. Doesn't count, doesn't mean anything. Against Brooklyn, against Memphis, against Phoenix, and even against Utah, you had to really like the commitment the Magic showed on the defensive end, especially when Isaac and Bamba were on the floor. When Isaac and Bamba were on the floor, no one was getting in the paint, and no one was scoring. Isaac averaged 2.7 blocks per game in three games. Um, Bamba had a block and a half, I think. They were changing shots, they were challenging shots, they were making life difficult. And even with the Magic shooting so poorly, I mean, outside of Bamba and Briscoe, no one shot better than 50% that was, that, that you care about. No offense to the other guys, I'm being, I'm being a little flippant there, I apologize. But the key Magic roster players, no one shot the ball well, from the outside or the inside. Isaac was forcing shots, as we've talked about. But the defense was on point. And, and I really believe this that, um, you know, judging by what some of the broadcasters were saying about their discussions with Pat Delaney, judging by just the way the Magic built that roster, that the Magic were more determined to have a good showing on defense than they were on offense at Summer League. And under that prism, Summer League was a runaway success. Teams struggled to shoot against the Magic. I think there were about thirty-five. I mean, certainly under forty percent shooting in summer league is, is much worse than than the regular season, of course. But um, it, the Magic's defense was was legitimately good, and it's why you saw all these national articles. From I saw one from Dime or, or Dimer Slam. I think it was Dime. I saw one from uh, the Ringer. There was one from Pro Basketball Talk. Everyone was talking about the defensive potential of Isaac and Bamba. We already knew Jonathan Isaac was a pretty good offen- good defensive player. And probably the best perimeter defensive player on the team already. We saw what Iwondu and Frazier could do defensively. We saw a glimmer of what is going to be able to do defensively. And so already, you were seeing the Magic's offense take off. Already, You were seeing the magic take that all important step up. That already seeing that commitment to the defensive end. And that's a good sign. Now, how much of this is going to carry over to October? That's the big mystery. Because, you know, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, great guys. They'll carry this team's offense, not necessarily known as great defenders. But you have to hope, you have to hope, you have to believe even that this little bit, that this little glimmer of defensive hope that the Magic saw throughout last week in Vegas is something that this team will embrace and commit to throughout the entire season. Because again, that's the beginning of an identity. That's the beginning of a style of play. And once you are known for a style of play, once a team knows they have to steel themselves to play against a certain type of team, that's when you can really start building. The Magic six years kind of lost in the wilderness are literally because they haven't had that very basic step. They've put together some nice talent over the years, obviously. There's there's a lot of players that have looked good outside of a magic uniform right now. But success won't come until that first step is put in place. And so maybe we saw that over the last week. But like I said, there is a little alarm bell ringing. And it's a recent history alarm bell. It's it's, it's time for a recent history lesson. All this talk about defending the paint and and building these these athletic defenders and and doing all this stuff is great. It's it's half the puzzle. But it is half the puzzle. And the Magic's lack of offense and, and, and even some of the Magic's remaining personnel remain a huge concern. Because believe it or not, We've heard this bill of goods get sold to Magic fans and to the public before. When Rob Hennigan announced the signing of Bismack Biombo with Frank Vogel next to him, they talked about zigging while everyone's zagged. Everyone's building these offensive juggernauts. We're going to lock down the paint. We're going to make it so you can't score in the paint with two shot blockers and Serge Baca and Bismack Biombo. That whole thing worked for a little while, actually. The Magic, through about 20 games or so, had a top-five defense. They were one of the best defenses in the league. They were struggling to score themselves. They would sometimes struggle to break 90, but they were stopping you, and it, it helped them win a few games. It helped them stay in a few games that they shouldn't have stayed in. But very quickly, that team fell apart. I remember the day very vividly when they lost the when they had a they won a like one twenty to one fifteen game against the Wizards. It was their first time scoring over hundred points in like two weeks, and from that point on, the Magic could not defend anyone anymore. Whether it was because they let go of the rope, um, my theory, uh, whether it was teams figured out how to how to play against them, who knows exactly how it happened. But the Magic's defense stunk the rest of the season. They ended up actually in the bottom five in the league in defensive rating that year, despite the strong start. And it feels very much, and this is a fair criticism, I think, it feels very much that the Magic are trying to sell the same thing, that we're going to build a team focused on defense, on having two rim protectors in the paint, including a, a Muhammad Bamba, and offense isn't, qu- you know, we're going to draft players who may not have great offensive skill yet. I mean, at that point, the Magic had drafted Oladipo, Gordon, Payton, and Hazonia, but Hazonia was, you know, off in the universe. Going to draft players that, that have that defensive intensity and focus, but maybe not the offensive skill. And we're going to rely on defense to generate offense and create offense for us. It doesn't help matters that the Magic are still employing a lot of the same cast of characters. That Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier are still around. Um and and they're not known as good defenders. That the team still lacks defensively a point guard with DJ Augustin there. This is all to say that the Magic are going to try and form a defensive identity with with Isaac, Bamba, and Gordon, especially as, as the main anchors. They've got Simmons and Ross who are solid defenders as well. They're gonna try and form a defensive identity, but it's not gonna happen overnight. The magic will probably be better defensively. I, I would I would agree with that. They won't finish in the bottom five. But are they gonna be a top ten defense and really surprise people and, and 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 really fully for form into that defensive team after one year with the roster they have? I am skeptical of it, and I don't blame you if you are either. But I I would say this, and, and I think this is an important thing to bring up. While it feels very much like Weltman and Hammond are selling a very similar set of goods, it is different in several key ways. The first one is the length and athleticism are much different now. Jonathan Isaac is not Serge Ibaka. When the Magic got Serge Ibaka, he was coming off of knee surgery he wasn't quite the defensive terror he was at his peak. He could still do it from time to time, but not every night. You couldn't ask him to guard guards. You couldn't ask him to switch very often. And that, lo- that loss of athleticism, that loss of speed, ultimately sapped him of, his, of what made him so unique in this league. And so, that was, I think, the big reason why that didn't work out. Gordon was fantastic defensively on the perimeter. That was his best defensive season of his career. And he had the athleticism and the speed once he switched back to the four to, to boost the team's defense a little bit. And that's more what Isaac is than what, than what Ibaka is. Isaac is more like Ibaka, not in the size and strength category, maybe, but with his shot blocking and his athleticism and his length, he's more like Ibaka in his heyday. They can unlock those switching schemes. They can have Isaac slide over and defend the rim a little bit, and that makes him very different than the Ibaka experiment. Bamba, you know, is still a big mystery because he's a rookie. The hope is he can do what Biombo was supposed to do, be a devastating rim protector. I mean, Biombo in his two years in Orlando, gave up more than 56% shooting at the rim. 57, I think, last year, 58 the year before. Far cry from where he was with Toronto. Bamba's going to be a rim protector. But, at the same time, he also projects to have the athleticism to guard perimeter players for a short time. He'll be able to make those switches that you have to make in the NBA today. He's still got to learn how to cover the pick and roll. That's still a weakness of his, but but he can get there. And it seems like he can get there. And so it's different, very different from the personnel standpoint. This isn't two bigs. Isaac is a 3-4 who can play small ball five. He's not a 4-5 like Ibaka was. And so Isaac, again, and Gordon fit the more modern versatility of the NBA, where you scale down, not scale up. Ibaka scaled up. Isaac scales down. He'll guard twos, he'll guard ones, and you'll do it very, very well. And so in that way, the different personnel makes this experiment a little bit different. So too does the urgency of success. Ultimately, Hennigan needed that that, that gamble to work. He needed Isaac and Biombo to work to save his job. And when it didn't, it was clear he was on his way out. And so, once again, Orlando's trying this, this heavy defensive experiment to try and build their identity and their personnel that way. But they don't have to meet success today. As much as people might hate hearing this, Waltman and Hammond are still, ev- are quote-unquote, still evaluating their roster. What I really think that means is they're still figuring out how to shift the guys out that they don't want. But I think they're still figuring out who they want. Who is part of this core with Isaac and Bamba? We can assume Gordon is because he signed a four-year deal, but... I wouldn't be wholly convinced that he's not someone that that when Isaac is ready and Bamba's ready, that they're not ready to, to, to pawn off for something valuable. That's maybe a few years down the road, though. Fournier and Vucevic, they don't seem to fit what the Magic want to do anymore. And so, this is all to say then that the Magic want to see progress. Don't get me wrong. They, they're not going to accept uh, the worst record in the league unless they see progress, unless they see, okay, when we play Isaac, Bamba, and Gordon together, we have a crazy good defensive rating. The problem is maybe some of the other players in our depth. They want want to see the team make those strides, but it may not reflect in the full result of the season. Orlando may still need some time to grow, and Weltman and Hammond have the time to allow this team to grow and are kind of, I think, counting on that that they know this isn't an immediate fix. If this were an immediate fix, they would have signed a player like Isaiah Thomas to, to try and just give that team that last little boost. That's not what this season's going to be about. It's going to still be about the little improvements. And we'll hopefully point them out as they, as they come around. But defensively is going to be a big part of that. The Magic have to show promise and signs defensively. Maybe it's not perfect all the time. Maybe they're you know, not in the top 10 of defensive rating. But if they finish in the top half, that would be a, a heck of a season. So again, this is all to say that, yes, the Magic are selling a very similar idea to the one that eventually got Rob Hennigan fired. That they're building a defensive-minded team with rangy, long athletes, versatile athletes who can play multiple positions, switch onto multiple defenders. And the offense is something that will have to develop as these players mature, as Isaac matures, as Bamba matures, as Gordon continues to mature. But it is different because of the personnel that they're using to execute that defensive plan. It's much different and probably much more modern and better than what they tried two years ago. And also, it doesn't have to show immediate success. There's no pressure to show immediate success. It can happen incrementally. And as frustrating as that might be to hear from Magic fans hungry for for a winner, it's those incremental steps that eventually get you to that big picture and that big picture win down the road. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. was like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at underscore omd Be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. You can find them by searching Locked on and the podcast you're looking for on iTunes or the team you're looking for on iTunes. Check out Locked On Blazers for their recap of the Blazers Summer League Championship. Check out Locked On Lakers as they try to pick up the pieces and find a free agent somewhere out there in the world who can make their team just a little bit better. I don't know where they're going to find one. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to find a king to wear that crown, I guess. Um, as always, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there, at omagicdaily. I did an Ask Me Anything on the Orlando Magic subreddit. You can go check that out on reddit.com slash r slash Orlando Magic. My Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag will be opening up probably this weekend. Um, So be sure to check that out and submit your questions. You can do so online and Twitter at omagicdaily as well as uh, by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.